Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real-life lessons and people doing cool shit. Hello, Tully Louise. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Curious Conversations. Oh, sound a bit nasally. Yeah, I do sound nasally. <laughs> I had the flu last week, literally the day we recorded two episodes was Tuesday and then the Wednesday I woke up feeling like absolute ass. I think it was probably about three weeks ago that you said that to me on an intro. You're like, yeah. oh, you sound a bit nasally. I think I must have got it from you because I feel like, or someone, because I feel like all the symptoms you had, I now have. I feel like I've been hit by a train 10 times. Probably. shouldn't say that, but I just feel like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> What's been going on? You well? I'm well. Apart from I'm, that. Apart from that, I'm well. I've just been trying to look after myself and like take it easy. And yeah, I've been good. Just had a very quiet weekend. Very quiet. Love How about that. you? I'm good. Just chugging along, ticking things off, being consistent, build, trying to build strong habits. Love and that. We spoke about habits today with our guest, who is Jack Boone. We did. So we had Jack Boone on the podcast, who we formerly knew Jack from being like personal trainer. trainer, had a gym, but he is so much more than just a trainer. He's probably one of the most knowledgeable He's people very in Melbourne when it comes to health, nutrition, symptoms on the body. Like, okay, if you've got pimples on your face, cystic acne, what's going on with your body? Exactly. Like he is the go-to. 100%. He's very intelligent and I really enjoyed that chat. I think I could have probably gone for another hour if we didn't have stopped the podcast. I think we should just dive straight into the podcast. We do cover – we cover – Skin issues, gut issues, brain issues, fertility, we cover a whole heap. So yeah. it's a really interesting conversation. This is my jam. I love it. It was really good. And, yeah, the sleep thing got me. I ah. thought I had a deep sleep, but now that we spoke to Jack, I'm like, hmm, I don't think I do. Anyway, that's just something. I think we both kind of took out something and I'm like, okay, I need to incorporate more meat into my diet and change some little habits that I've formed. Enjoy this conversation, guys. Have a beautiful week. Ciao. Jack, how are you? I am good, thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you. We're good. We didn't know how to bring this one in and tell us like, what is Jack, how would Jack actually describe what he does? Because I almost I know, can't do that myself. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I know you as a trainer and a gym owner, but you've mm-hmm. evolved so much since we first met. So what would you say your job role is? Uh, I guess if I was to put it into a title, I would call myself a health and performance coach. Yep. And I guess from an elevator pitch standpoint, I guess what I try and do is help people half their stress and double their energy. Mm. Okay. We love that, especially this day and age. Would you say you're stressed? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think everyone's stressed. Yeah. Would would you say biohacker as well? 
Oh, uh, not so far to call myself a biohacker, but definitely have interest in that realm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. We have so many topics to cover today. 100%. What's the number one thing that women come to you for? Hmm. The most common is definitely, you know, it's a combination of either, you know, composition, so weight loss, yep. Yep. Um, but at the same time, skin issues and mental health stuff seems to all tie in together. Oh, wow. Um yeah, they, it's rare that somebody has one of those things without the other yeah. in yeah. a way. So um, it's really funny, you know, like I've got some before and afters and testimonials on my website and the photos look very different. So I've got a girl there with psoriasis whose skin mm. has cleared up really well, one with acne, one who's just had her baby and one who's lost probably, you know, 15, 20% body fat. And the funny thing is outside of a couple of little variations, every single one of them has done the exact same thing. Oh, mm. wow. Where did it start? What's the same thing? Uh, stress management, allostatic load, definitely. So, But also understanding what stress means today. So right? what does stress mean today? Well, I think it's it's obviously a big umbrella. Yep. All right. And that's typically when we think of stress, it conjures up the idea of, you know, negative emotions yep. and mm. how we're feeling. Um, but where we're getting that even from emotionally now is probably magnified through financial pressure, through sleep deprivation, through social media comparison, um, through uh, maybe lack of purpose. Mm -hmm. Then we could look at our environment. So again, we're exposed to more electromagnetic fields. So through our Bluetooth, our Wi-Fi's, our 5G's, uh, the pesticides and preservatives on foods, drugs and alcohol. It's a very much big umbrella of lifestyle that uh, has people a little bit buried under. It's a lot, isn't it? That's, I'm just thinking yeah. of all that stress compounding in my body. Yeah, 100%. And what it, what it looks like. Like where do you even start? And it's, yeah, for sure. I think it starts with awareness of yeah. where it's coming from because like I just said there, you didn't probably caught you a little bit off guard with some of the uh, things I included in that umbrella. Mm. So you don't know what you don't know. So once you actually have awareness of where that stress is coming from, I guess you can go about starting to uh, implement strategies to go about mitigating some of the uh, intake, you know, like whether it be detoxification or whether it be stress management. Like I say to people all the time, you wouldn't try and clean up the flood in your laundry before you turn the water off, mm. you know. So we've got to look at where that mm, stress like that. is coming in from yeah. before we start worrying about, I suppose, mitigating and getting yeah. rid of it. So a lot would be like invisible environmental stress as well. Like yeah, when you sure. said the Bluetooth yeah. kind of thing, things you can't physically see, mm-hmm. what you're inhaling, what you're eating on your fruit and vegetables, Consuming, the pesticides. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there – how do you clean that up? Um, yeah, well, for sure. I think, again, understanding where it's coming from yeah. and then making those changes. So I think – a little one that is very typical and common for me, which is, you know, all of my clients, like I said, they all do the same thing mm-hmm. in a sense. Of course, everybody has their own individual uh, variations within that that are specific to them. But if we're looking at our environment, some little things that you can do, for example, um, put a timer on your Wi-Fi router, right? Ah. So you know how you've got the, you know, you often get them for sprinkler systems and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have and my clients do, they put a timer on their PowerPoint that's connected to their router so that come 9 p.m. their Wi-Fi turns off and there is less EMF exposure in their house, which is going to impact, I guess, their sleep quality because sleep's probably the number one for combating and mitigating stress. So Mm. we want to optimize your sleep environment. 
on top of that, keeping, you know, phones out of the bedroom, mm-hmm. TVs out of the bedroom, you know, minimizing our exposure to blue light and technology sort of a couple hours probably before you want to go to sleep, um, nasal breathing. Is that why you put the tape on your mouth? Yeah, you ever tried it? I watched your video. I haven't tried it. I mm. am a massive snorer. Like, oh, that's telling partner, us you probably are breathing through I know. Your mouth so when then. I watch, so my partner's always like, oh my God, it's so annoying. I can't help it. But I watched your video and I was like, I think I was like, maybe I need to start taping, but I'm scared that I'm just going to wake up and stop breathing. Yeah, that is the fear. But um, I would definitely suggest trying it. Okay, just maybe I'll awake do tonight. before you try and do it asleep. So, so what are the benefits? Well, when we look at the difference between, you know, one of those other things that we could talk about in stress is postural stress. Okay. Right, so whether it As be, I sit straight. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, sorry, like, Hello. I'm leaning forward into <laughs> yeah. the microphone. Uh. But when we are looking at our phone, which we're mm. spending more time looking at our phone, or we mm. sort of spoke about high heels before we started recording yep. and the upstream effect that that's going to have on forward head posture, and then we're more likely to be breathing through our mouth and so forth. But that becomes problematic because when we breathe through our nose, that is very parasympathetic, which is rest and digest on our nervous system. When we breathe through our mouth, it is excitatory. So quite the opposite to what we're looking for in our sleep. Your sinuses produce somewhere between 60 and 70% of the body's nitric oxide, which is responsible for like vasodilation. So thinking blood flow, which ties into like sexual health and sexual Uh arousal as well, but also the production of acetylcholine, which is one of your neurotransmitters responsible for memory and mood. Um, And that's all through your sinuses. All through your sinuses. Okay, so I've got a question because I am a snorer. Mm -hmm. I sleep like a champion. I'll go, I'll fall asleep. I fall asleep as soon as I hit the pillow, I'm dead, Mm -hmm. done. But, and I sleep all through the night, but I wake up in the morning exhausted, like still really tired and I can't yeah. turn my, I just want to go back to sleep. And I'm a morning person. So for mm-hmm. me, I'm like struggling with that. It's more mental now. I'm like, just get the fuck out of bed, but I'm so tired. Yeah. Well, it's funny because your interpretation is that you're a champion sleeper. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, but you're not. But, but not. your quality of sleep is obviously of, lacking of, there. And yeah. if you're falling huh. asleep super quick. Super quick. That could also not necessarily be a good thing because okay. it's showing that you are really, really tired. Okay. Should way. you not be really, really tired? Oh, sure. If you're working hard, there's going to be days yeah. where you're going to be really, really tired. But if you're falling asleep, you know, in the space of 60 seconds, chances are maybe you are. Fuck, I've been like that for a really, long time. Really, really fatigued. So I've been really, really fatigued for wow. years. Wow. And you got a flu right now, right? Yes. So one of the things as well that we're not considering with nasal breathing is that your nose acts as a filtration system for all the air pollutants and things like that. So mm. there's a four-part filtration system that goes through your nose that includes taking out the air pollutants and heating the air Um and then you're not breathing through your mouth and getting those particles into the throat, prone to things like tonsillitis and stuff. Wow. So I'm going to tape my lips shut this one tonight. Just a little bit of masking tape over your lips. That's okay. all you need. Right? Yeah, I yeah. use it. It's like a, it's called a micropore paper okay. tape. It's very, very light um, and gentle on the skin. You can mm. get it from the chemist and just put some across the um, across your you lips. You do that but every night. I don't do it oh, myself oh, every night. Okay, I okay. have done it and experimented with it. Okay. Um, but it can be a really good tool because everything has a time and a place, I suppose, to try and retrain some of that patterns or bring people's awareness to and experiment with it, see how the sleep quality does improve. Okay. Um, but uh, again, I think everything comes with awareness. Like yeah, when people have got posture, they're like, well, posture is the end result or the byproduct of where you spend the most of your time. Mm-hmm. So the same thing, if you've got awareness, where most people, because breathing is so autonomous, 
We take it for granted. You don't have to think about it. But now that I'm actually telling you a little bit about breathing and how that's impacting your overall physiology and even mental well-being, Mm. now all of a sudden people start to pay attention. Oh, where am I breathing? Into my chest or is it into my belly? Yeah. Is it through my nose? Is it through my mouth? So it all starts with awareness. Yeah. Do you think quality of sleep could help someone that has skin issues and anxiety and depression, all these things we're seeing? 100%. I mean, I'm typically someone who's in good mental health. That doesn't mean that I don't have my personal struggles and haven't gone through periods where my mental health has not been great. Mm. But I'm telling you right now, the difference between my good and my bad is huge. And that is typically influenced by one thing, sleep. sleep. Yeah, Yeah, right. So we have a lot of girlfriends at the moment who are suffering from anxiety yeah, or depression and they're yeah. going straight this is kind of off topic but not really but they're going straight to the doctor mm-hmm. the doctors and sarah and i are we've got an opinion about this but we tend to keep them to ourselves they go straight I to the doctor mine to myself. <laughs> well no this is why i'm asking yeah. so they go straight to the doctor and they get medicated mm-hmm. and then the medication can be very off balanced fucks with their head yeah they end up getting worse or before jack gives his opinion i heard something the other day about medication from doctors and it was there. I think we spoke about it too. They're putting a band aid over the problem, but they're yeah. not co- getting to the root cause of the Correct. issue. Which is, yeah. So, your thoughts? Um, look, I'm very grateful for being raised and living in a Western country where we have these medicines and stuff available. Yep. As we've just seen, I've just had surgery on my knee, and mm. thank God that wasn't uh, somewhere overseas. Mm. But unfortunately, um, there is a bit of a disconnect in the way that we manage mm-hmm. diseases. Um, and I can't completely shitbag on the GPs in the Western medical system because it's not entirely their fault because of the way the system is set up. And I mm-hmm. wanted to sort of preface that because yep. there are good doctors out there, but in the typical sort of eight-minute consultation window period, yeah. you come in, you want the symptom treated, they feel like they've done their job and that's kind of where in many ways I've tried to position myself as someone who's not a specialist by any means, Mm -hmm. but someone who's a very good generalist. Mm -hmm. So I've got a good sort of base knowledge of all these things to kind of play that that interlinking role really because Mm -hmm. I think the future of health needs a combination of, you know, nutrition, movement, psychology, and obviously um, Western medicine practices as well. But when we're looking at, you know, what anxiety really is, I guess you could describe it as, you know, living your life in the future based off past experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So struggling to be present with that, you know, it's a very multifactored, you know, problem. Mm -hmm. Even if we look at social media, right, the statistics tell us that the top 25% of users are going to show a 300% greater likelihood of displaying clinical depression. Wow. Okay. We just spoke a bit about breathing, right? whether it be through your nose or whether it be through your mouth. One of those is excitatory. One of them is calming you down. Mm-hmm. If you exhale slower than you inhale, that also is driving you towards a parasympathetic calming state. Yep. So, again, looking at dysfunctional breathing patterns. Um, there's a lot. But from a nutritional perspective as well, what we need to understand in a way is that your neurotransmitters, your brain chemicals, so the main four ones that we're aware of or get spoken about is dopamine responsible for motivation, yep. drive, yep. focus, acetylcholine I already mentioned about memory and mood yep. um, and muscular contractions, really important. GABA is our inhibitory neurotransmitter, which calms us down and combats okay. anxiety. Yep. And then we've got the famous one being serotonin. Mm. Yeah, They're not just there 
they require ingredients to be built. They get used up in the brain, then they need to get detoxified or biotransformation. All right, so where do those neurotransmitters come from? They come from amino acids, which is found in protein Ah. and bioavailable protein. So the most common nutritional downfall I see in both sexes, but definitely more so in females, is an undereating of protein, which is the raw material that you need to build the neurotransmitters to actually perform optimally. So if you're deficient in these things, mm. hence maybe you haven't had, you know, investigation of what your relationship with food looks like, mm. or furthermore, even looking at some functional blood testing to see perhaps maybe where you've got some deficiencies. Yeah. And those things can really start to uh, bridge the gap. Brain health. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Really interesting. Um, so a basic blood test can show you the health of your brain. Um, I wouldn't say that black and white. Yeah. Of course, they're all tools, right? They all yeah. help us and we can cross-correlate uh, that with biofeedback markers that people are giving us, which might be, you know, how you said, you're waking up and you're feeling really tired. Maybe you wake up with puffy eyes or mm. dark circles under your eyes. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of biofeedback markers that your body can be telling us, whether it be in your, in your fingernails, the color of your skin, um, lots of stuff. But um, what was the direct question? Brain health, Brain blood health. test. The problem with blood tests, again, is firstly, they work off a geographical database. Mm-hmm. So you know how you go to the doctor and you get a blood test and they say, oh, everything looks normal. Yeah. And there's a reference range. So that reference range in Victoria is very different to what the reference range is in Queensland. Oh, wow. So if we use a good example to um, highlight that would be vitamin D. Okay. Vitamin D is like a pro-hormone. It's essential for the immune health, um, very big for mental health and recovery as well. Um, we get vitamin D from the sun. Mm. So the average vitamin D of someone in Victoria versus Queensland is going to be very different, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because of our environment, right? So on top of that, the… The reference range is also created from the average score. Mm, okay. 67% of the country is overweight. In Australia? Yeah. Wow. 67% 67%. of Australians is obese. What so we- to be told that you're the average of that, is it? that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, that's- Maybe you're not going to die today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you're a long way from optimal. So I look at very different ranges. Wow. 67%. I'm just sitting here making the whole connection. It's like… We've heard so much about gut health before, like. Yep. Yeah. And now brain health, I'm thinking it's like your brain and the hormones that you're just talking fuels your thoughts. Yeah. So if your brain's not healthy, of course your thoughts aren't going to be healthy. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's interesting about that too is like. You are, you, I really like this saying is like you are not your thoughts. You are not your feelings. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they're not even real. Yeah. They're a chemical reaction. So fear and excitement, they're pretty much exactly the same thing. It's just what you're de- deciding to you do with that within yeah. your consciousness. Yeah. Right? But that also, that whole mindfulness practice takes a lot of, takes a lot of work. Oh, Over yeah. years, it's never ending. I yeah. think the idea of chasing a finish line, you know, to be fixed mm. is is also problematic in itself rather than you know, going down that journey of self-awareness and understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are and learning to accept that and forgive yourself and even laugh at yeah. yourself. Yeah. So for, say, brain health, we're talking here, 
you said protein's the most important food to enhance your brain health, the amino acids within that. 100%. What's a food that you should avoid? Uh, I think the biggest havoc in um, human health from a nutritional perspective is vegetable and seed oils. Mm. Um, really? Yeah, So I would have thought you would have said sugar. Yeah, that's probably the obvious one. It's probably closely followed by sugar. Uh-huh. Um, but why, you, veg- why the oils? Um, well, firstly, if we look at it, they've got a half-life of, what, like 600 days or something. So if you have vegetable oil, it's going to be in your body for nearly five years. Wow. Um, what? They are extremely high in omega-6, so very inflammatory um, to the body. They God. can cause insulin resistance. What does um, that mean? Basically, your ability to then handle uh, sugar, sugar. Okay. goes down and you it contributes to things like type 2 diabetes. Wow. Okay. Why can't the body process the oil in the body and it could stay in your body for five years? Well, put it this way. Vegetable oil, its original usage was used as lubricant for industrial, industrial machinery. No oh. way. Yeah. So why is it called vegetable oil? Like if Exactly. It should be illegal to call it vegetable because oil. Because I, I know like Sarah and I – Obviously, quite. I mean, I would say we're in the health and wellness space. Yep. Are very educated in obviously not, but in a lot of things. My sister, for example, would look at vegetable oil and be like, "Oh, that's healthy. I can mm. put that in my food and give to my kids." That is so bad. That and here we go down the rabbit hole about why. Well, 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 it's crazy, right? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. like you said, how how do they allow those things, right? That is ridiculous. But then you look at something that is a good source of fat and oil, like coconut oil, yeah. right? And that gets given a one or a half star health rating because by the government. Or- but then you look at cereal, which is full of sugar and gets vegetable 4. oil, gets 4.5. Yeah. So if we actually just look at the introduction of government food pyramid systems, mm. a lot of the uh, decline in human health correlates with that timeline. Wow. Oh, my God. No wonder… You know, stats. and yeah. then that ties into the reliance. You know, you create the, you know, you create the disease through the yeah. foods and the lifestyle system, and then we uh, we manage it with, mm, with yeah. the pharmaceuticals, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And if you keep going down the money, the people that own the pharmaceutical yeah, systems okay. and own Kellogg's, they're mm. the same people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's but that's so a conversation good. for probably another day. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's so yeah. that's. Corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> Replace a vegetable oil with a olive oil, a coconut oil. Exactly. So yeah. the only oils that I would go near is usually olive oil, mm-hmm. coconut oil, ghee, yep. Yep. which is fantastic. It's got a really high smoke point, so it's probably the best to cook with mm-hmm. and it's tolerated even well with people with um, dairy sensitivities because wow. there's no lactose. I used to be terrified of ghee. Yeah, because I, I love thought it, it was good. so. Yeah, but I just was like my head when I was like so high psycho, fat. I was like went so high in fat, yeah. terrified. But then I had coconut oil. Mm. So weird. Yeah, but it's funny how your brain just makes those associations 100%. with things. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, maybe tallow and some duck fat. Yeah. Okay. But right. I don't really. What's tallow? That's just another animal fat. Wow. Yeah, but um, I don't vary too much outside of those. But if you look at anything that comes in a packet. Mm. It's got vegetable oil in it. So one of the things that I really like to encourage people to do through these kinds of conversations is start worrying a little bit less about calories and start looking at ingredients. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you see anything that has a long ingredients list, that's a pretty big red flag. And the good way to probably sort of uh, have an inkling that it's going to have nasty stuff in it is usually when those 
packets say, you know, only 90 calories per serving or something yeah. like that, which is, you know, a distraction. In saying this, I was out with a friend on Saturday night and she had this app on her phone. I think it's called Yuki or something. Never heard of it. And you scan the product at the um, grocery store mm-hmm. and it comes up like red, amber, green, and then it say, might say like three um, hazardous ingredients. You click on it and it's like two of these ingredients are carcinogenics. This is why we went. And oh, I was wow. like, wow. Mm-hmm. And this is just like a bread on that's on a shelf. Yeah, like, so bad. Yeah, oh, she just opened my eyes up to a whole new thing, and she was like, "I want you to start drinking this clay stuff that will detoxify the heavy metals out of your body." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Done." That yep. makes me so scared because yeah. my sister, um, again, is probably your average Australian that has no idea about mm. any of this, and she would have no idea about half of mm. those things. And she's feeding two girls. Yeah. And I feel very empathetic because it's so not I. it's not their fault. No. And that's the thing. It's probably not a coincidence that our generation now where all 90% of people are self-diagnosing themselves with mm. ADHD. ADHD yeah. It's like our attention spans, our brain fog. But how much does that just tie back into what we were just talking about in the foods that you're eating? Mm. Exactly. And the foods that you eat dictate the neurotransmitter activity. So it's like no wonder this kid or person yeah. can't concentrate because yeah. they – what have they been They have fed? not. They've set themselves up to fail by yeah. basically what they're eating. Yeah. What would your daily routine be to set up your brain health and? Yeah. Well, I think the um, you know, it's, it's interesting. The it, it's always going to come back to protein. Okay. Like I think that's the the most important thing is that every meal that you consume should be based around protein. Uh huh. I okay. saw you. You've just done a hectic diet of like meat. 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 It's, meat. If that's what you call hectic, <laughs> I, I <laughs> suppose that's yeah. that, kind of. Uh, it doesn't That's feel hectic to me. Yeah. Like again, if I if we look at history, history leaves a lot of clues, right? Yeah. Mm. That's how we ate, like thrived, and survived for you know the majority mm. of time. And it's, I think, if you want to bypass any calorie conversations and stuff, like a, to just make good choices, my simple question would be like, hey, was this a food that was available ten thousand years ago? Mm. If the answer is no then just keep it in the rarity basket. I'm not saying you have to be a stiff and never eat anything mm. that you enjoy and live your life. But, again, your health is a byproduct of the decisions that you're making on a regular basis. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my diet mm. definitely revolves around the proteins that I want to eat. So that's going to be a combination of eggs. Um, I'm definitely preference of red meat yep. than I am to white meat um, and some seafood in there too. Um and then yeah, that doesn't vary too much outside of that. I mean, of course, you can have your vegetables and your rice and your potatoes and your, mm. your pumpkins and other things to create some variety and enjoyment with that. But the cornerstone of my nutritional philosophy is definitely one based around protein because from a return on investment, Love that. right? Mm. That's how I look at my food. Yeah, yeah. Is I'm eating it with purpose because of not what my Western taste buds like, but what is this actually doing the value. for my body? Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So, you know, it's an interesting one. We've talked a little bit just before about, you know, pesticides and yeah. chemicals that and carcinogens that were found in these processed foods, right? And usually when I ask people, you know, why do you eat your fruits and veggies? The answer is typically… People say it's good for you. It's healthy. Yeah. yeah it's fully vitamins and minerals, right? Mm. If we look at the vitamin mineral density and bioavailability in meat versus vegetables… Your meat has a hundred times more vitamins and minerals in it than any fucking vegetable. Does yeah. it? And then if you're buying it from Coles, 
well, when do you reckon that was pulled out of the ground? Ages ago. Yeah. Why is it not rotted? Mm. Yeah. So why then, am I eating this again from a nutritional perspective? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You know, it, it's a very yeah. big mm-hmm. picture. And so what, so that's what you would consume, but are there any like daily habits that you do to set yourself up? Um, yeah, I think everything is, it's, your health is habitual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of describe the way that I take on my clients um, that everybody sort of comes through this sort of initial six-week health and performance coaching program yep. before going into sort of a long-term retainer, which is then looking at optimizing performance. And I drip feed that to them day by day with, you know, really close contact, um, helping them along the way because we – the way I would sort of describe it, right, is I hate running. Yep, yep. Not my, not my jam. Mm-hmm. So – could I ever run a marathon? I believe I could. Yeah. yeah. It would be something that I would have to really dedicate a lot of uh, time and training towards and I would probably hate every single minute of it, but I believe I could do it. Yeah. Mm. But if you asked me today to run a marathon, despite the knee injury, let's mm-hmm. imagine that doesn't exist, I'd get to the end of the block and my internal dialogue would get so weak and yeah. negative and fuck no, I'd quit. Yeah. yeah. Right? But if you asked me, can I run to the end of the block? Yes, mm-hmm. and I'll get to the end of the block, no problem. And yeah. what I've done now is I've, I've succeeded. Mm. There's a good feeling in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So day one, it might be I need to drink four litres of water. Four litres? Four litres. Depending on the person, yeah. whatever, just yeah. hypothetical. Yep. Okay, cool. You've, you've created a successful habit. I want you to walk 10,000 steps. Yeah. You're doing these basic things. So we're building out the pattern of actually achieving things. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Building up their self-worth, would you say, and self-confidence within themselves? Well, 100% because, mm. again, it's overwhelming. If you ask me to run a marathon, mm. no, I can't do that. Yeah. But if you ask me if I can run to the block, yes, I can. Mm. Yeah. And with that re- repetition of success in your habits, that starts to build self-belief mm-hmm. just like that. So, you know, um, I, I've more got disciplinaries. You know, my my rule is that, I do not look at my phone for the first hour of the day that I wake up. Um, big one of that is, again, I want to give myself the opportunity to check in with myself, mm-hmm. right? When we look at sleep, um, it's a bit woo-woo, but when we look at your dream activity, so your REM sleep, in many ways that is your your brain and your body's opportunity to relive traumatic experiences in your life without the adrenal secretion. All right, so now when we remember them, the intensity has kind of been pulled wow. out of them in a way because it's a matter of exposure, right? It yeah. works both ways, same same way or in the opposite direction of like where porn becomes a problem mm. because they're constantly exposed to this really powerful powerful stimulus yeah. that is quite unnatural or unrealistic in yeah. most relationships and now that's proving an issue in their sex life and their relationship. Yeah. Because of what they've been exposed to on such a regular basis. So now that you've actually had that opportunity, again, it takes the air out of the tires. And again, it doesn't, if I take my phone from the moment I wake up, I straight away start taking in new information, new stimulus. So it's taken up the ability for me to receive the download from the night before. Oh. Right. So should we be dreaming every night? Um, don't know if you should be, but probably, yeah, you should be definitely getting REM sleep every night. Yeah. Okay. And the main things that are 
affecting you from getting REM sleep is number one, probably alcohol. So uh-huh. the old idea of a nightcap. Okay. No good. No good. No Definitely way. impacts. I can never sleep when I have alcohol. Yeah, I can't sleep Ever. at all. I'm very loose and floaty. Um, blue light exposure. Alcohol and blue it's light is definitely um, probably the biggest inhibitors of uh, REM sleep for sure. Okay, welcome back to Chemist Warehouse Picks of the Week. It's Sarah's choice this week. My turn and I chose Barely Tull because uh, we should all be looking after our little hoo-ha or as my mum likes to call it, Anna Maria. And Barely has a foam wash and a gel wash because it's specific to your pH levels of down there. And I think we should be all looking down there a little bit more. I think it's really important too. This one is cruelty-free and Australian-made. And I think we all need to be talking about cleaning down there. Exactly. Like how often have you ever had a conversation with a friend about cleaning down there? <laughs> never. Yeah. Never. And this product is available at Chemist Warehouse. It's Australian-made, cruelty-free. Fragrance-free, paraben-free. This one actually is watermelon extract. So we love that. Mm. And you can get it now from Chemist Warehouse. So I have another confession. I never dream. So obviously I'm not REM sleep. Dreaming is a good indicator that you're having good quality sleep. Great. Not mm. having good quality sleep. That's interesting. So it? that's why I wear the aura ring. Yep. Okay. You've seen I that? have a question about really. that. Yeah. So I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. Your mum would be like the ra- like something to do with radiation or something with that because it's connected to the phone. Yeah. Yeah. So can you, yeah, so I want to, yeah, just discuss that because Sarah's mum talks about radiation all the time. Yeah. She's into the, she, she yep. She's into that Tesla's, low-tox lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, she's like Tesla's, like why would you get Tesla when you're sitting, sitting on, on the, the battery, battery the whole time? Um. Mm. So I, yeah, want to know more about that. Well, again, it's kind of like, you know, you look at the Bluetooth headphones, like I yep. definitely want to stay away from them. Yep. But there is also a level of acceptance that we are in a modern world right yeah, now and yeah. you are, kind of you, you're kind of exposed yeah. to it no matter what. Yeah. Um, I'm sleeping with my phone on aeroplane mode out of my bedroom. Yeah. That, how much is that really yeah, impacting, yeah, yeah, infecting yeah. it into my entire scheme? True. When I look at the way off of it, right? And again, it's not necessarily a forever thing, and but it's giving you some objective data. Mm. So what I see is with the human psychology, the desire to improve, uh-huh. right? It's empowering because you you might think you're sleeping well, you wear your aura ring wow. and you're getting some stats saying, oh, you've actually only had five hours of sleep, not seven, mm. and you only had half an hour of REM sleep and your, you know, recovery score because it's giving you that objective data uh-huh. shows you that it was really poor and that makes you feel shit. How- so what do you do in reaction to that? Well, you start to prioritise. You change your behaviour. Yeah. 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 That's so interesting with that. How many hours REM sleep should we be getting? Somewhere between one and two. Yeah, right. And but, how much are you having at the moment looking at the Yeah, data? that's pretty that's pretty normal yeah. for me, somewhere between one and two. Yeah, wow. Similar with deep sleep. Yeah. Um, Do you have a nighttime routine? Um, not really a routine other than just, again, the disciplines of, you know, the rules and the boundaries that I put in place. Again, so no phone, no business after sort of 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, TV? Again, sort of turn that off for yeah. at least a few hours before I want to go to sleep and uh-huh. don't have that on in the bedroom. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I'm a grandma, man. I go to bed pretty early. Yeah. Uh, I think so I think it's one of the biggest <laughs> yep. health hacks, you know, sleep yeah. with the rise and fall of the sun, mm. the way nature intended us to. Again, that's that's that stress umbrella, umbrella that we're talking about and it's only artificial light. So what's changed with technology? So the light globe's only existed for 140 years or yeah. something. 
So before, we didn't have the option to stay up much later. And if it was, it was by candlelight, which is a bit different, you know. So I think that's one of the best biohacks, if you will, (laughs) is is going to bed and waking up at the exact same time every day, even if it's the weekend. Yeah. Let's talk about some trending health movements at the moment. Cool. Because you just made me think of one. Red light. Mm -hmm. Uh Good thing. Great thing. Not a bad thing. Yeah, because I know um, candlelight has red light. Wait, so red light, is that in not like a sauna, like a red light? Like red the LEDs light for like the face yeah. and oh, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and like collagen production. Yeah. I don't know heaps about it, yeah, to be honest. Are. It's not um, not something that I've put a lot of time into researching or understanding. Uh-huh. I do understand that it has its health benefits. I do understand that the red light doesn't inhibit the melatonin secretion from the pineal gland. Mm. So my bedside lamp is actually a red globe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I use that then if you want to be able to read, right? Because, again, one of the best things to put someone to sleep is get them yeah. to read Yeah. in replacement of maybe TV, okay? Mm. You've got to always replace a habit with something yeah. else a lot of the time. But we don't want you having artificial light on mm-hmm. while you're mm-hmm. trying to read. So the red light can be a um, really good solution to that. What are some other uh, – we always see these trending hacks Infrareds, on Infrared saunas? Uh, yeah, I mean, I love sauna. I, I have one at my house and I'm just actually uh, had the builders in this morning. We're building in a custom one at Jungle. You mean like a um, traditional sauna where you pour the water? Traditional sauna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mine's traditional at home too. Yeah. I, um, I definitely prefer it. I okay. think when we look at the differences yeah. between the two, um, traditional sauna is going to get a lot hotter. They get up to about 80 degrees Celsius or 180 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. Um, so they heat you from the outside in. And yeah, there's okay. some cool benefits there, right, because your shell temperature, so the temperature on your skin, is going to communicate with the part of the brain called the hypothalamus which regulates temperature. Mm-hmm. And so when we're hot on the outside, the hypothalamus tells the body it needs to cool down, mm. right? So that's going to be very preferential for sleep, okay, because okay? we want to cool down. So you do that before evening. you go to so bed. So hot sauna or hot bath in the evening is really good for improving okay. sleep. When we look at infrared, it heats you up from the inside out. Ah. So its claims are that it can get a maybe superior detoxification mm-hmm. benefit, but we also need to understand that detoxification is a really complicated process, right? Yes, sweating and urination and doing a poo yeah. is all part of phase three, which is the elimination, but you also need phases one and two in place, which is, I guess, because toxins store themselves in fat cells. Yeah. Right? So they're lipophilic. They need to be converted to hydrophilic, so water-soluble. Yeah. And that requires mm. a lot of micronutrients. Uh, and then it requires amino acids for conjugation. So, again, it comes back to protein. Mm. If you don't have the adequate amino acids for the toxins to actually bind to something, you can't get rid of it. Right? So just the infrared sauna alone isn't going to guarantee you superior detoxification pathways unless you have other lifestyle factors and nutritional things Mm. in place to support it. But in a more simple way of thinking at it is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. Traditional sauna has been around for fucking thousands of years Mm. and there's a lot of all the studies, like the biggest body of studies on benefits of sauna are done on traditional sauna where a lot of the studies claiming the superiority of infrared you know, they're new studies. Perhaps there's some questions next to the um, efficacy of the 
the study because it's been funded by an infrared sauna company yeah. or something of yeah. that nature. So, you know, again, I really, really like the uh, the traditional sauna, the heat shock proteins that you get from it. The cardiovascular benefits are probably the greatest and your the best resource to learn probably a bit more about sauna benefits would be Dr. Rhonda Patrick. I'm not mm. sure if you're familiar with her or your listeners might be. But, you know, it tells us that three saunas at 180 degrees Fahrenheit which is obviously only going to be achieved, so 80 degrees Celsius about yeah. in a traditional sauna for 20 minutes each, so an hour of time in a week, mm. oh, reduces wow. your risk of cardiovas- any cardiovascular-related death and mortality no by 30%. Way. Wow. And it increases with obviously more use. So 20-minute blocks three times a week. Yep. yep, would give you a 30% reduction I've of got- any heart attack. So, you know, my parents just built a new home. Yeah. And... You they know, my, my love for yeah. my parents and understanding yeah, that, like you know, dad's not going to go for a run and, you know, yeah. maybe he has some typical habits of yeah. enjoying a beer too much or whatever mm. it may be. Mate, go sit in the fucking sauna. Yeah. yeah. Shut up. I want yeah. you to be here when I've got grandkids. 100%. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I've got a sauna at my apartment and I never use does it. Does it just, how? what does it do? Flush the arteries and veins in a sense that it constricts and opens? Or? Well, I guess it definitely yeah. helps with blood flow yeah. and vasodilation and all those things for sure. And, again, it's a, it's a stress on your body. So we talked about stress, but it's yeah. not all stress is bad stress. Good stress. At the end of the day, when we look at body composition, any adaptation or change to your you know, physique is a response from stress. Mm. So when people talk about overtraining, I know yeah. you mentioned it before, I kind of laugh at overtraining and don't necessarily believe in it. You're under-recovering. Yeah. So, mm. you know, the body's pretty remarkable and what it can tolerate, but are you eating well? Are you sleeping properly? Are you hydrated? What are your electrolyte levels? Again, like people drink a lot of water, but a third, like 80% of your body's comprised of water, a third of that's salt water. Yeah, I actually wanted to so ask. So should you be drinking salt water? Fuck yeah. I yeah. wanted to ask you about dehydration because last week I obviously had the flu, whatever, and I found myself not drinking enough water. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday night or Sunday night, I had a splitting headache. Yeah. And I peed and I was like, I'm so dehydrated. It mm-hmm. takes a long time to get rehydrated. How long does it take for your body to get rehydrated from the point that you're like, it's past it, like it's done, dehydration, yeah. done? How long does it take to hydrate? Um, I mean, that's a hard question to sort of answer definitively. It's all relative to probably the percentage or how long you've been neglecting your hydration Mm. from. But, um, and at the same time, there seems to be a little bit of a correlation in like, you know, urination. Yeah. Like if I scull a liter and I take in a lot of liquid really quickly, then I'm going to be more likely going to need to pee. Yeah. Whereas if you're taking it in slower Mm -hmm. at a more consistent rate, you're probably going to have less need for such yeah. frequent urination. So what's the ratio of water and salt water? Or- third of the body's water is salt water. Okay. Okay, so I, again, I think salt is one of those really misconstrued topics that yeah. everyone's been told that salt is really bad. True. But, you know, salt is probably your it's your hydration mineral mm-hmm. and it's probably your best combat to sugar cravings. Wow. Yeah. So usually I start my day and my clients will start their day with salt. somewhere between one and two grams of salt in water. Um, a lot of my clients sip on water because even like I'm big on filtered water. Yep. Um, taking away all the, the nasties and the fluorides and things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes then we need to add some mineral, minerals back in. Mm. So salting your water. And some people learn to actually like the taste of it more with a little yeah. bit of salt in there. And again, very generous on my um, – on my meals. And we're not talking about shitty table salt you get at the pub here. No, like, we're talking about either Himalayan yeah, yeah. or Celtic sea salt. Yeah. Something um, 
something with some good minerals yeah. in it. Yeah, interesting. The other trending health thing, cold plunge. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, I guess, the, the cousin of sauna. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. It's it's some, certainly not something that's new to me growing up in a sporting culture, you know. Recovery-wise. Ice baths yeah. and yeah. getting down to the beach Sunday mornings after footy was you know, a normal mm. normal part of that lifestyle. But, um, again, the cold shock protein, so, again, helping with our immunity. That's another stress. Um, it does seem to help with recovery, my, myself personally. There's, a, there's some, some of the new stuff that's been coming out because I guess they have been becoming more popular is the most recent information seems to be that, like, if you do a weights workout yep. and you're trying to, you know, Build muscle, improve your composition. Yeah. To go have an ice bath straight afterward would be a bad idea. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's blunting that stimulus. So you actually would want to stay out of cold water for at least probably five hours after oh, your wow. workout. At the same time, you know, there's some really cool stuff. People like recovering from cocaine addiction because they've fucked their dopamine receptor sites, and the cold water is a really powerful stimulus. So we know that we get about a three hundred percent increase in dopamine just from getting in the cold water. Oh, wow! So again, how many people do you know? You're drinking one right now, and I'm not shitbagging on coffee. I drink coffee oh, it's too. Tea. Oh, <laughs> okay, I take it back. Then I take it back. But how many people were really reliant on coffee to start their day? Mm. Yeah, I'm probably one of those. Any energy gained from stimulants is just energy borrowed from the future. So if you can get in the cold in the the morning, you're you're alert, you're awake, your energy, it's such a good mood booster Mm. because, again, we spoke about anxiety before, your inability to be present. Nothing will snap you into the present and shut those fucking thoughts up. Then when you're in the cold, you're not thinking about anything else. Just breathing. (laughs) Now you're given an opportunity to, I guess, practice regulating your nervous system. Yeah. Okay. So how does that play out in other aspects of your life? So you're mindfully doing breath work, trying mm-hmm. to control the breath, calm yourself down. You realize that it's not bad. But on top of that, more than anything, my favorite benefit of cold water immersion is the resilience. You just mm. said it before. It sucks. No one wants to get in that. Yeah. You never want to do it. Mm. But this is p- people's like poor health is because they negotiate with themselves. Yeah. yeah. Shut the fuck up. Just, just do, do it. it. Yeah. And once you do it, like I never want to get in there, but I never regret it. Yeah. And then a lot of the things that you start to do from there become easy because you've done the hardest thing. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, that's going to flow into so many other aspects of your lifestyle when you've got hard decisions to yeah. make. What's the difference between a cold plunge and a cryo? Um, I guess the cold plunge is in water and the cryo is going Same to be thing, air. Or? I would just say that the it's you get pretty, pretty similar okay. benefits for, for sure, but the cryo is probably um, – like you know, only, only really available to the rich and famous true. or the professional athletes. Yeah. Like they are still very expensive. Yeah, because we were talking about that the other day. Yeah. Is it true that cold therapy stimulates um, fat burn? It can do, yeah. So it can help with the conversion of white fat to brown fat, which is more thermogenic, so we can use it as energy. So you, Andrew Huberman, who's a neuroscientist working out of Stanford, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have listened to any of his stuff, he's really fantastic. He recommends that you want to aim for about 11 minutes a week in oh. total. Oh, okay. Three oh, No, no, no. I did three minutes the other day. <laughs> 11 <laughs> minutes total in um, in cold water, mm. water to get those metabolic effects. Mm. Um, and like a lot of people do, and it's quite popular at the moment, is the rotations between the hot and yeah. the cold. Mm. So, again, what you would finish on would de- would, I guess, be determined by what outcome you're looking for. 
So I mentioned before finishing in the sauna in the evening can be really good for calming your body down and getting it to cool itself down so I'm prepared for sleep, whereas the cold's a really powerful stimulus. So do I really want to be mm. spiking my dopamine and feeling alert at nighttime? Mm. Not really. So the cold is best to be done in the morning, whereas the sauna is best to be done at night. However, if you're working them in with conjunction and fat loss is the goal, then you would definitely be wanting to finish in the cold and not warming up. So warm up very naturally. So to actually be at the point where you're shivering, oh. right, and let your body heat up. Okay, that's what's, what's the be. difference between brown fats and white fats. Well, I think just brown fat is going to be able to be. It's kind of like baby fat, right? Oh. So it keeps your body warmer, okay. and you can use that for energy much more efficiently. And you get brown fats from certain foods, or how does it go from brown fat to white fat? Like what's the or difference? white to brown? Bra- That'd be brown. a complicated enzymatic. Mm. process and reaction okay. that's beyond me to explain in that okay. depth but um brown fat's what we want oh it is what we brown want. brown fat is what we want and oh. is white fat like belly fat like yeah it could be like visceral fat could yeah. be around your organs yeah okay. um yeah like a fatty oh, okay fatty I yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay i've never heard anyone talk about brown and white fat yeah, yeah. that's why i thought i asked um going back to issues that our friends have spoken about lately yeah <laughs> One is the mental health, the anxiety. Yep. Fertility. Fertility and also skin recently. So a lot of our friends have been getting outbreaks on their skin. Like cystic yep. kind of acne kind yeah. of vibes and like a like what you used to get when you were a teenager. teenager but it's happening now at this age. Yeah, I love this topic. Um, so your skin is a reflection. So your outer skin, which is what we can see, yeah. is a reflection of your inner skin's health. And I know that this is a complicated, that's a weird sentence, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And to kind of elaborate on that, when you eat something, it's not in your body. What do you mean? Perfect. Um, <laughs> so essentially you've got a tunnel okay. from your mouth to your ass yeah. that's connected. Yeah. Yep. Right? We could feed a piece of string the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So until you actually absorb the food through those intestinal walls, it is not in your body. Oh. Okay. Mm. Your skin is an organ. Uh huh. It is the biggest organ in the body. Mm. It's the only one that we can visually really see. Yeah. So it is, again, it's a perfect feedback system for something, a greater issue that is going on internally. So when we're looking at skin issues, whether it be acne, whether it be eczema, whether it be psoriasis, it's always usually tying back into the gut. So again, we're looking at stress management. Yeah. Well, because stress, is the number one thing that's going to impact the integrity of your gut. Mm. And that might be emotional, might be environmental, might be sleep deprivation, might be dietary induced from poor food choices, vegetable oils, um, sugar, too much stimulants, you know, not enough protein. At the end of the day, the mucosal lining of your gut is made up of glutamine, which is one of the amino acids found in protein. Mm. So we need to be eating sufficient protein to support good gut health. And then... As I've said, you are not what you eat. You are what you absorb, right? Makes sense. So how do we actually take food from solids into, I guess, the gut mm. and then absorb it into the body? Well, we either we need a combination of HCL, which is stomach acid, and bile to absorb our fat-soluble nutrients, right? So HCL takes somewhere between – seven and 800 times more metabolic energy than anything else in the body to produce. So if you're stressed, like let's just think about this very simplistically. Yeah. If your body's got a to-do list and the one thing on that 
list is 800% more difficult than everything else in the body to do. It's like I'm not going You're probably going to compromise on that yeah. one, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, and it's <laughs> it's like a chicken or the egg, right? Mm. So one of the things that we need to produce stomach acid is zinc. But you need the stomach acid to absorb the zinc, but you need the zinc to produce the stomach acid. Mm. So it's kind of, you know, that's where you sometimes need supplementary interventions uh-huh. and, and these things to help you kind of… Is this along the lines of, say, like a slippery elm and a… Yeah, there's yeah. Yeah. definitely cofactors and, and yeah. Um, yeah, supplements. If someone's really listening help. and like, I've got skin issues right now, what's the what can I go to the health food store and buy to have before I eat so it makes it absorbed. a better environment for me to absorb Yeah, my for sure. Um, I said it before. You wouldn't uh, try and clean up the flood in your laundry before turning off the water. So firstly, let's take away the things that are causing insult to the gut. Okay. Mm. Alcohol, tobacco, inflammatory foods, so vegetable oils, sugar, soy, uh, shit quality dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably your main perpetrators, gluten. Isn't that um, funny? One of our friends that does have skin issues at the moment is – Dairy intolerant, but yeah. still eats dairy. And um, mm. and gluten, isn't she? And this is yeah. the thing, right? Like your body, it's communicating to you. Yeah, hey, like stop. Whatever. Again, when I said like I'm eating for what my body likes, not necessarily what I like. Mm. These are those feedback systems. So removing the foods that are causing insult to the gut um, and then the things that could be healing your gut, of course. Um, you know, again, I've spoken about proteins and wholesome foods that comes from the earth. Um, but whether it be something as simple as bone broth, um, I spoke about glutamine, one of the amino acids, um, which can be really good for healing the gut. Probably my favorite at the moment is BPC-157, and we're talking about that with um, your partner's yeah. Achilles, and I'm using it for my knee injury at the moment. It's a peptide. Okay. So when we look at what peptides actually are, peptides are the building blocks for amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks for protein. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just very, very specific and this specific peptide, BPC-157, has been nicknamed the Wolverine peptide because it's very healing, very regenerative. Yeah. Um, and you can get peptides orally or you can get them um, as injectables. So the good thing is about BPC in an oral version is you're actually taking it in the stomach and then it's got all those healing properties yeah. for your gut lining. So there's a... Um, a Kyle who is the owner and formulator at Level Up, so L-V-L-U-P, the supplements. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes some fantastic um, BPC-157 okay. supplements and Buy there's another one, one. Mm-hmm. There's another one there that he also does which is called Tadka, which is um, very, very good for your liver and also helps with your um, bile production, so it helps you absorbing your healthy fats, right? So I did a video that's been blowing up lately about red bumpy skin on the back of the triceps. I saw that. And that that can be, you know, again, some biofeedback that maybe you're having issues absorbing your essential fatty acids along with things like vitamin A and vitamin E and B3. So it's all well and good that you're eating healthy fats, but if you don't have the bile production to absorb the fats, maybe that's what you're running into some issues. So Tudka can be very good for that. But if you don't want to be putting so much money into the supplements, eating bitter foods before fatty meals can be really helpful. So things like um, like a lemon or something. Rocket, yeah. Rocket or um, artichoke. Artichoke extract can be a really good one. Probably a bit cheaper than Tudka as well to use from a supplement point of view to help you absorbing your fats. Um, Is that when like an apple cider vinegar shot before eating your meat? That's going to be more helping with your production of HCL, so your stomach acid. Oh, okay. Um, But there's one more that I'd probably definitely go down the path of, and that's… Goat's colostrum. 
What so oh. don't worry, it's, you don't have to drink oh, okay. colostrum. Again, it comes in a powder or a oh, capsule. Right. But colostrum and um, or bovine, if it's not uh, goat's colostrum, can be, again, really, really healing Why to goat? the guts. Why specifically goats? Goats just seems to be more, it's most. It's closest to humans. Okay. And it seems to be, again, tolerated better than most dairy products for people. So e- even sometimes, um, you know, controversial uh, a little bit, but... If your kid won't um, breastfeed, you know, as an alternative mm. to formula, would be goat's milk. Goat's milk. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So there are some things that can be really good for healing the gut, but you can see, again, stress is going to be a big impactor yeah. on that. Oh, fertility? Yeah, similar, I suppose. Yeah. Everything always ties yeah. back into the yeah. gut, right? The neurotransmitters are built in the gut. Yep. The hormones are built in the gut. Mm. Um, and it's, again, like, do you have the raw material to actually build those hormones. So if we look at testosterone, for example, and um, cortisol, they are both they both start from the exact same compound, except cortisol requires four enzymatic reactions, mm-hmm. where testosterone requires 16. So it's a lot more difficult. You're either building sex hormones or you're building stress hormones. Yeah, right. Right? Thyroid hormone, for example, it requires the conversion of T4 to T3. And we all know someone who's complained that they've got poor thyroid function and that's why they can't lose weight. Well, but, you, but you're in a calorie deficit, right? So mm-hmm. you're starving yourself. But if you do not have the selenium, the zinc, the tyrosine, the tyrosine, the iodine, to actually create those conversions, you can see why your thyroid hormone's not working very well. Yeah. So those hormones, again, they require ingredients to be nourished. But I just said before, zinc is used in HCL as well. Zinc's used in hundreds of enzymatic reactions in the body and we're having millions of those every second. So it's not, I just really want to encourage people to get away from this eat less, move more type mentality, right? Because I think the prevalence of, um, you know, eating disorders and things is still running rampant and that's been the common message. But since we've had the ability as a society, to even count and track calories. We've got sicker and fatter. Yeah. So I'm not saying calories don't matter. Of course they do. But you'll find that if you shift your, uh, I suppose, outlook on nutrition to go, all right, I'm going to choose foods that are predominantly provided to me by the earth and always have been, then it becomes very hard to overeat. Mm. Yeah. Because if you look at like the again, protein, like hunger's in the brain. Yeah. So when you actually feel hungry, you're not starving. Yeah. That's just a hormone secretion. That's ghrelin. Right. Mm-hmm. So satiety is actually created in the brain and protein causes more creates more satiety than any other macronutrient. We've all sat there and had a bowl of pasta and been like, fuck, I'm full. Ten yeah. minutes later, you sit there, you have another go at it. Yeah. yeah. If I put two kilos of steak in front of you, you're not getting through that. Mm. You've just had enough. And then you're not necessarily bloated or stuffed. Yet some yeah. people will say that they're not satisfied until they're bloated and stuffed. Yet they complain that they're bloated and stuffed. Mm. You know, so I don't know. I, where do you get your meat from? I get it from two different butchers. One of them is Hagen's Organics yeah. in the mm. um, Paran Market there, but they've got some stores all over Melbourne. I think one in South Melbourne, one in the Vic Market, one in uh, Bentley. Mm-hmm. And then I also get one from just the Church Street Butcher in Brighton in my my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think, again, the most important the thing is grass-fed yeah. for sure with your um, – because that's that's the consequence of being at the top of the food chain, right, mm. is that we take on the foods that our foods ate, right? So I mentioned before that I have a, a bias towards red meats. Um, you may have heard people talk about chicken as the dirty bird. 
Yeah. Because again, most chickens are fed, what are they fed? Like corn and grains and they're fed antibiotics to keep them alive in poor living conditions and then we take on those things which then essentially affect the gut microbiome, you know. Mm. So, yeah, definitely a good quality butcher is what you want. Going back to fertility, we had a really interesting conversation. Yeah, sorry. I No, you're right. Off off the mics about um, external stresses specifically for male that they could reduce to increase their rate of fertility or chances of fertility. Yeah. Well, fertility for a long time has been, you know, finger pointed at women. And I, again, feel a lot of empathy towards women for that because there's probably an element of shame Mm. that they carry with that feeling like that they can't fulfill their biological purpose but Mm. it is no longer the way it's you know fertility is both male and a female issue um i think at current right now one in three men would be infertile um the current i guess the rates or the decline of men's testosterone and fertility levels is predicting us to be infertile as a species by 2045 if nothing uh changes right so again these things are Multifactorial, vegetable and seed oils, keeping our phones with all that EMF exposure in our pockets. Big one is polyester underwear. Um, there's studies showing that, uh, and it's pretty rare you get a 100% strike rate with it, but it was as effective as any female contraception for men to be wearing polyester underwear. Why? Like how? Why? I don't really know yeah, why other than the yeah, synthetic yeah. cottons, I suppose, and they're, they're probably also maybe even acting as conductors for EMF exposure. Like a uh, a good friend of mine and coach was um, working with a, uh, a a woman who had lost her menstrual cycle, again, pretty common, common issue, yeah. and was doing all these things to improve her lifestyle as, we, um, as we've been discussing this whole time and couldn't figure out why we weren't finding any improvement or getting it to return and then upon further investigation found out that her bed frame was made out of copper and it was acting as a conductor for all the EMF exposure in her house. So we swapped out um, her bed and she got her period two days later. No No way. way. Mm. Wow. Oh, my God, I would never have thought of stuff like that. As a conductor for, like, say, these EMS, so it just bounces out and can't escape, like, well, I guess it draws it all in. So, like, oh, it's so like an energy, yeah. like drawing it in. So it's like a, like a lightning it. bolt to to like <clears throat> metal and things like that. Yeah. So, so that was it. one of the craziest sort of case studies and stories that I'd ever heard of that by is um, wild. by a friend of mine who I um you know have have taught alongside and and learnt so much from myself mm. as well. So for in the case of guys, if they're wearing polyester underwear and that's acting as a conductor, like it's going. Look, I don't know fully if it is working as a conductor, but again, those synthetic uh, fabrics seem to be causing, um, yeah, death of the swimmers. Um, Just keeping our phones in our pockets. And I mean, a a lot of this stuff, it's it's funny, right? Like if you wait for science to prove everything, it's probably going to be too too late. late. Like a lot of these things have to catch up. And I really do believe in sort of intuition with these things. And speaking as someone who got diagnosed with testicular cancer, in 2020, what are we now? 21? 2021. Oh, I did. Were. So in the middle wow. of, um, yeah, it was a tough time, middle of lockdown, gyms Shit. were closed, uh, got oh, diagnosed fuck. with testicular cancer two days before my 30th birthday, had to, uh, yeah, well, from the day that I found out to then uh, had my right testicle removed through my abdomen, wow, um, was nine days later. 
And it's weird. For probably a year, I was getting really angry at myself because I, I, I was aware of these things, right? Mm. And my phone was in my right pocket. I pick it up and I fucking throw it across the room. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. And my right testicle had actually shrunk a little bit. And yeah, my right testicle was the one that I had that had the tumors on it and that got removed. So, you know, I fortunately got onto it fairly mm. early, um, was given the the option and presented with um, I guess encouragement to do a round of chemo, given that they gave me a 20% likelihood of its return in the next five years, with the greatest risk period being about 18 months. And um to do a round of chemo would bring it down to five and I've said no to it and I've now just passed the 18-month period and everything's pretty much in the clear and, right. you know, good, you. good, yeah. good news. But yeah. um, at the same time, like, I, t- I try and take the silver lining, all of these things. Like, I jokingly got could be worse spelt wrong on my quad and, you know, life really sort of showed me <laughs> that. Um, but I think it, it's an important mindset to have because it really is. There's people that have always got it worse than what yeah. uh, what you do and, and in many ways it's um, – it's given me some insights and uh, an ability to connect with my clients, male and female, on a deeper level. You know, again, women understanding now, hey, I kind of know what it's like to have a C-section. I had a C-section for my testicle. And, yeah, I now know what you're going through when you're in that recovery. And I I also understand, you know, how that must feel to have your fertility question, right? Because in the... um, in my process of that, because chemo can cause infertility, mm-hmm. is that they wanted me to go to the sperm bank and put some sperm on ice as insurance for it before and the cancer had actually shut down my sperm production. So mm-hmm. to be told, you know, at this age, as somebody who works in the health industry, to now be told that you've got testicular cancer, a lot of your masculinity is kind of up in the, the question, you've got a lot of those racing irrational thoughts and then to be told that you're infertile, you know, there were just those kicks in the guts that just mm-hmm. keep coming and coming and coming. Uh, now having, you know, gone through my processes, being cancer-free, you know, supporting my body in the way that I know how to, um, you know, I've successfully got 10 sperm tubes on ice and now know that that's all working sweet and it's cool. It's like like hopefully I never need to use that path, but it's good to know that, hey, it's all come back. But again, these are all the journeys and the experiences that that have, you know, contributed to my perspectives today. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Do you have anything to finish off on? I do. Yeah, good. Great. Anti, anti-aging. Yeah. Because um, I think anti-aging as a topic, like everyone's thinking about Botox and like the… It's a pressure in society, especially that, when you're like doing shit like this, videoing and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Everyone yeah. kind of wants to live longer, live stronger. <clears throat> I We've got friends that want to live to 120 Fuck hell, like, I don't. Day yeah. I can't wipe my own ass. Put me down. But not only that, I think it's like the pressure of yes, anti aging. But there's we're all at that age grab. We're 34. Yeah. We're we're getting a little bit older. There's younger kids coming up and stuff, mm. and a lot of our friends are freaking out. Mm-hmm. They're like, I don't want to get old. I'm too scared. Like the appearance thing. What are some? I keep hearing of this um, NMN. NMN. Yep, yeah, that's good. NMN. It's a it's, I don't exactly know what it is, but Nicotinamide. I know it's a supplement. A supplement. Wait, no, stop. Nat gave me that. You put it on under your tongue? Oh, no, maybe not. <laughs> well, you can take it in different ways. It's like a collagen, no? No, not really. Oh, she gave me something that she says trending in America. NMN, I can't even pronounce how long it is, but it's also really good for brain injuries and I've had a few of them myself as well. So I've uh, I've frequently used NMN yeah. along with Fisidin is another really good one. But, Why do um, they say it's anti-aging, like the M&M? Because I'm so… I think because of, again, like uh, the 
neuroprotective mechanisms of the supplement for your brain and prevention of um, neurodegeneration. So B12 is probably the biggest one. Like when we look at anti-aging, again, you can't deny, I suppose, the neurological and the brain impacts there. Like if we look at things like Alzheimer's and dementia, so big connection there between B12 deficiencies and um, neurodegeneration. So again, that ties into vegan diets, I suppose. Mm. Um, so number one, don't be a vegan. <laughs> if you want to, I suppose, stay youthful and look younger for yeah. longer because every single cell in the human body other than white blood cells is composed of protein. Mm. If you do not eat what you're made out of, expect to run into some issues. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um, you are... What you, you're not what you eat, you are what you absorb. So again, mm. the foods that we're eating, all these inflammatory foods are also creating, you know, oxidative stress and damage to our DNA structures and so forth. Um, physical detachment from the earth. Okay, so again, we live in modern footwear, high-rise apartments, things like that. So actually having barefoot contact mm. with the earth's surface is helping the reduction of oxidative stress um, and lowering of cortisol and even lower perceptions of pain and all these kinds of things. Um, NAD is a cool one. Um, So that's kind of blew up a little bit in the middle of COVID with Joe Rogan having it because, again, it was shown to be really, really effective at clearing out COVID symptoms. And, Mm. again, it's used in, you know, over 500 enzymatic reactions in your body um, and is a part of, yeah, yeah, in all of your human cells and, yeah, you can get them in a, in a drip and it's, um, I guess, your your levels of NAD decline with age, um, as do things like with CoQ10, which yep. we can yeah. actually get from organ meats, yep. right? So I know that, uh, you know, organ meats are a little bit foreign to some people and it's pretty how you going to try and start nunging into, <laughs> you know, liver. a heart and liver yeah. and stuff. But if you're not used to that, you know, you can obviously go down the path of whether it be pate, um, or getting your butcher, again, creating good relationship with them and putting like a 10% organ mix through like your beef mince when you're making your spag oh, bowls and things smart. like that because then you don't even notice it and, you're getting, there, yeah. and you're getting a little top-up of, of nutrient density, right, and these things compound mm. over time. So We love compounding. Yeah, um, do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think anti-aging is it, – it, it's another – the rate of which you're going to age again is just directly correlated with the kind of lifestyle that you yeah. live and how you manage your stress and where is that stress coming from, which is sort of encapsulating everything that we've kind of mm. spoken about today while also being able to, you know, exercise, do saunas, do ice baths, all of these things are money in the bank, which is going to keep you, you know, feeling good and for longer. And, Investments. And at the end of the day, the don't, don't get overweight. Mm. And if you are overweight, we'll start to start to do something about it. Mm. And if anything, you know, we talk about this age, right, and whether it be just getting to this age or whether it be, you know, getting diagnosed with cancer, it can be a really powerful thing. It just, again, it depends on how you choose to look at it, right? Fear is a better motivator than reward. Mm. So it goes, okay, yeah, these things are hard. To have an ice bath is hard. Mm. To not eat, you know, shit every day might be hard if that's your normal, to not to, to learn to say no mm. is yeah. hard, right? Yeah. But what's the alternative? Because that's harder. So true. Mm. So if you think forward 20 <laughs> years from now, what does your life look like now if you don't make any change? That's so true. Mm. And that's a really scary yeah. thought for a yeah. lot of people. Because as I said, 67% of the Australian population is overweight and obese. What makes you think you're going to be any different if you don't make some changes? Mm. 
you just you've just been able to get away with it for a long time because if anything, that's just more of a testament to how amazing the human body is and resilient yeah. it is. And that bad health's compounding as well. So it's, it's only like, going to get worse. Yeah. Wow. Which is again like when we're, when we're training and things, right? Like life's always going to happen, whether yeah. it be injuries, whether it be you know, a breakup, whether it be, you know, work's got too busy and maybe your routine's fallen off a little bit and you've lost that fitness and everything's hard and it mm. sucks and you're getting really sore but you get, and you get over that hump. But it's, it's not going to get any easier. Yeah. Mm. You know, the longer you put it off, the harder and the harder it's going to get mm. as you get older. That's true. So true. Wow. Crazy. I what? think we should finish on that. I feel like we could do like another hour. I know. But we should finish on that. I'm going to go home and have a grass-fed steak tonight. That's going to be my dinner. Good. Good. I love that. Have two. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Jack. No, thanks, girls. It was good. Jack, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me probably most easily on my Instagram, which is livingrewired, yep. um, or through my website, livingrewired.com. And, and I have follow to say, the, your, the quality of your videos on your Instagram Very is absolutely amazing. Yeah, Thank you. so informative. Yeah. Just been trying to have some fun with them. No, nah, they're good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.